Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin. I'm here with Dr. Paul Etchison. We are your dental business mentors. We're fielding questions from you today and having a great time doing it. What's up, Paul? What's going on, man? Glad to be here again. Awesome. So, Paul, what's the question from uh, one of the listeners today? So this is kind of a big one, and I'm actually surprised we've never kind of talked about this yet because I feel like it's a it's kind of a big big question. And what exactly like should I be focusing on with my hygiene department? Because there's so many things we could be focusing on, and, and, and just like any dental practice, it's always whack a mole. You focus on one thing, it improves. Other things start to slip. So what would you say we should be focusing on with the hygiene department? Yeah. So. This question's a good question because the hygiene department is just such an integral part of growing your practice and ensuring patients come back and come through that, that hygiene program so that you're able to diagnose treatment plan and serve them. And I think the frequency of interaction with patients is really what builds trust, right? Your third recall in, you're much better off than when they were a new patient. So I think you start to see that that patients start to open up to treatment plans and they start to trust you and they know that unfortunately sometimes people just feel like they're being sold or they're being told something they don't need to do and that's not as common as the folks that maybe will will respect you and trust you right off the bat but there is it's human nature to say okay well I'll wait and see how this goes especially when it comes to a lot of bigger procedures in any case, I think your hygiene department and the people that work in hygiene are an integral part of building trust with your patients fast. And so the first thing that you want to do is I think you want to build a really good relationship with your hygiene team members. That's priority number one. If you don't feel like you have a great relationship with them where you guys can openly communicate with each other and have agreements or disagreements about how protocols are being done or how presentations being done, then I think that's your first step. Go build that relationship and build that trust because without that, you can implement any system you want, but it just won't work. The folks need to be aligned. And so after I embarked on that, so say you have a great team and you guys all love and respect each other. Well, that's wonderful. Then you can go into the nitty gritty and the nitty gritty starts with developing standardized processes and protocols. So an example of that would be when a patient comes in, how do we determine whether they need periapicals, a pan, and what sort of radiographs they need. Do they do they need four bite wings in the back? And are they coming back every three months, four months, six, nine, twelve? What's the frequency? That's a process and protocol. So I think it's really important to give your team authorship over that and sit with them and ask them, hey, we see a lot of different patients. We see them only for a minimum period of time and we have to have a process in, in place so that when we do see them, based on certain diagnostic principles and like measurements that we've taken, we're going to put them in one of these categories. You develop that process with them so that every hygienist can then treat patients like their like their hygiene is a prescription and not like it's uh okay, everyone gets two units of this and uh you know they get the roof plating and the floor to the profi. So develop that system with them. The other thing that comes to mind is I would say, and I'm not gonna because this is one of those topics where it can be controversial, but oral systemic connection is important. I think not everyone cares whether they're going to lose their teeth or not. 
for some people that's irrelevant, right? You can talk to them all day long until you're blue in the face about the consequences of poor oral health and periodontal disease and all that kind of stuff. But if they don't value it, well, it's done. And so there's a large percentage of the population, particularly 50 plus, and people became heightened with heightened awareness, like just the relationship of just more responsible of their health overall. There's more information out there, right? Biohacking and all these things. So I think it's really important to consider oral systemic connection. You don't have to buy into all of it, but go read some of the articles and get behind some of the things that have been proven to to be a great link. And, you know, now as hygienists, your goal is to actually help people get healthier overall. And in the end of the day, you can't say that you're not participating in helping extend the lifespan of, of patients if you're starting to learn more about oral systemic connection. So I would do that. And I would also look at some of the adjunct procedures that can be done. So training your hygienists on certain procedures, like how to place uh, sealants, for example, or how to do certain treatments that will improve patients' overall health. I'm not going to jump into these because there's limited time and I think everyone can make their own clinical judgment on what those adjuncts are, but you can have hygienists do these things. Last two quick points. One is they need to know how you like to diagnose and treatment plan so they can co-diagnose with you. I mean, I think the greatest value that comes is them presenting things. So when they hand that off to you, The patient already knows what's going on and what's important. They're already behind most of this treatment and you're going to come in and just simply check mark and approve it or maybe make some pivots based on some things that took place in there. The last thing is measure billings per hour and measure reappointment statistics. So you want hygienists who reappoint patients, meaning they book their next appointment back pretty much every time. That's important. And when people hear billings per hour, they're like, well, that's just all about the money. If you thought that in your mind, that's just a very simplistic point of view. And let me explain what I mean by that. I think it's important to see clarification when that thought comes to mind. So what billings per hour tells us is three things. Number one, it tells us that the hygienist is thoroughly and comprehensively diagnosing that patient, meaning if they're supposed to be there every four months, they're there every four months. And when they're there, they're doing the treatment that's required. They're not shying away from recommending more units simply because they don't want to have that awkward conversation of insurance. And so they're treating patients the way they should be. That's number one. They're also doing adjunct procedures. So that can be added to that as well, right? So they're, they're doing it as a prescription. And so naturally their hourly productivity goes up Two. They become very good at what they're doing. They can do very thorough, efficient hygiene in a gentle way, and that takes skill. So the billings per hour is a reflection of how efficient someone can be, as long as, of course, the results are good. If every check you do with your hygienist who has high billings per hour, there's calculus left over, well, that's a whole different ballgame. But you're assuming that that's not the case based on your reputation with them. And then the last thing is it teaches you how good of a communicator they are because the hygienists who are able to communicate out-of-pocket expenses, communicate the importance of oral stomach connection, communicate all the importance of, of taking care of those teeth, those hygienists always bill more per hour. So billings per hour is not about money. It's about who that hygienist is and how great of a provider they are. So I think it's important to recognize that. Yeah, I like how you said that because it, it is more than just money. And we all know that, but yeah, it's a more well-rounded provider. And for me, like if I'd answer this question, you pretty much said everything that I was, I was writing down things as, as you were talking and I'm like, Oh, he just said it. He said, he said it. the co-diagnosis piece. I think that's where we really kind of miss out on 
the true value of the hygienist. Now, the billings per hour, dollar per hour, I, these are things that I, I look at. I'm not so big on those because I'm more, in my practice, if they can co-diagnose and they can talk to the patients, make them have a good experience, and so that I have to walk in and just go, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, do you have any questions about that? I mean, and they're like, no, no, she explained it or, or he explained that. That's the value for me, and that comes from those co-diagnosis meetings, looking at cases and making sure you're calibrated and talking about things like, when is this a scaling? When is this just a profi? When are we going to crown a cracked marginal ridge? When are we going to watch it? Like, when is, like, when are we doing what and getting on the same page? And that just takes the communication. That's a really easy thing to do. One thing I want to add that you didn't say is you talked about the, the reappointment rate is that's a huge one for me because that's so important to growing your practice and getting it to capacity so that you can make some moves, some business decisions to continue to increase revenue, profit and all that good stuff and just pretty much grow. But one part of that reappoint is for me and something that I watch is did we schedule the rest of the family? Did we check that family tab and did we make sure everybody has an appointment? Because we want to keep people in the system. We want to reappoint them. And, you know, the standard metric is 85% or greater. I like it to be above 90. But, you know, we want that reappoint because that's what helps us grow our practices and keeps our hygienists busy so that we can add more hygienists, grow our patient base and stuff like that. And then the other thing I like to focus on is I think a lot of, and I just see this in my coaching clients, a lot of people are kind of dropping the ball on sealants. They're very easy to sell. They're beneficial to the patient. So, you know, these, these, the, on these kids, they're easy to do. And we're just not checking on the frequencies or the histories with the insurance. You know, we're like, oh, you know what? They already have sealants, so they're not covered again. You know, they, they might be. And the, you might have a little sealant there, but you can reseal that stinker. I mean, just whatever. So I like to look at sealants, make sure that they're doing sealants, and then make sure there's no differences between my hygienist and far, as far as fluoride percentage, you know, you know, how many fluorides per profi, things like that. And then, you know, you can get really granular with the perio codes. But, I mean, I think... The perio codes and stuff like that, that will even out and be just fine if you focus on the diagnostics, it, it being on the same page. Like it'll just, it'll be where it needs to be. So those are the things I would add. We're kind of come up on time, but anything else you want to kind of throw in there, Justin? No, I think, I think that just about covers it. It's all the main points. The only additional point I'll make is going back to that Billings per hour. You mentioned that you don't look at that very often. I would agree. I think it's the least important metric. However, there is one other benefit of doing that. I shouldn't say it's the least important. It's just not as important as building relationships, standardizing protocols, learning to diagnose and treatment plan and code it. Like those things, the net result will be more productivity. So you don't have to focus on on the productivity. You focus on the things that build the productivity, which are all the good good stuff. And But the billings per hour aspect, it also helps you gauge when it comes time to determining what hygienist should be paid X wage. And I know that's hard to talk about, but it's true. I mean, should every hygiene team member be paid a similar wage or within that range? I mean, if someone is able to be more thorough and more comprehensive and reappoint more and their productivity is three times higher and just as good in an ethical way, don't they deserve more? And I think that number helps you determine that when it comes time to have wage discussions. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, email your questions to info at dentalbusinessmentor.com.